3: And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program, game day for the Hoosiers. If Indiana's going to head to the NCAA tournament in year one under Mike Woodson, they've got to win some road games. I think that is the number one key. And this evening at Nebraska is a very winnable game, and I think a must-win game at this point for the Hoosiers and their resume as we head further and further into this season and into the month of January. So that's coming up tonight at 6 o'clock, obviously, We'll talk a lot about that ball game here on the show today, and uh, we'll have that uh, coverage of the game tonight. Don Fisher, the legendary play-by-play voice for the Hoosiers with the call of the uh, IU Road game tonight at Nebraska. And uh, lots to talk about coming out of the weekend as well. In fact, today, Martin Luther King Day, we celebrate that, and obviously a lot of basketball today, not just the Hoosiers tonight, but a day full of of NBA games starting at 1230. Romeo Langford, will he get any playing time as the Celtics are in action today? But a day full of basketball with the NBA running all day and IU playing tonight on the road at Nebraska at 6 o'clock. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment 1 will be joined here in just a few moments by Jim Shannon, the longtime coach of the Bulldogs, He reached a big mark in his coaching career on Saturday night, win number 600 uh, overall in his years of coaching high school basketball in our state, which puts him in a very elite crowd as far as coaches go. And he's going to join us to talk about that big personal milestone, and also the Bulldogs as well, who had a big win over a talented Scottsburg team on Saturday night. Uh, Later in the hour, Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joins. We'll get you all set for IU Nebraska tonight with Zach when he's with us a little bit later today. And then finally on Mondays, we talk local sports with Chad Gilbert. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, former coach in the area, current IHSA executive board member, and uh, lots to get to from a local perspective. Big high school games over the weekend. of uh, Jeffersonville returned to play, uh, lost both games. They played well in the first half. It was the second half they got them on Friday and Saturday nights. Floyd Central, two big wins. They beat the Red Devils on Friday, then a solid, solid North Harrison team on the road. Saturday night. Providence got that big win on Saturday over Jeffersonville as well. I mentioned New Albany back in the win column with a win over a good Scottsburg team Saturday night. We'll recap all of that a little bit later in the hour with Chad when he's with us today. That's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And a reminder the Thorntons text line is open. Send in your questions, comments. Maybe you want to congratulate Coach Shannon. Maybe you want to talk about the IU-Nebraska game. Uh, Whatever it is, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee, and their delicious donuts. All right, let's get to our first guest. Jim Shannon joins us, uh, stepping out of practice just for a moment to join us here uh, to kickstart our Monday program. Coach Shannon, congratulations on hitting win number 600. Well, Thanks
1: a lot, Matt. I really appreciate that, and happy Martin Luther King's Day, and I appreciate you having me
3: on. Absolutely. Let's let's talk about this personal milestone for you. Uh, Years ago, I guess 24 years ago to be exact, when you took over this – new Albany program you had a a year or two of some struggles and rebuilding but from that point forward it's been pretty consistent with lots of wins lots of success in the postseason and some great players as well that many years back did you ever expect this kind of success that you could help lead this new Albany program to that level
1: well no I don't think anybody ever can see that far down the road you know when you're young I I started out I was a head coach I think I was 24 years old You know, I I had no clue what I was doing, although I thought I was really good at it. I I thought back then that I was better at it than what I really think I am at it now. That's how lost I was. But that's (laughs) young people. That's how we think when we're young. Um, It's good to have that kind of passion, enthusiasm, and confidence. But as you go through the bumps in the road for 40 years, uh, you get knocked down off that pedestal so many times that it, it tends to humble you and you start to see life. Uh, in a in a in a better form you see it in a true reality and so all those dreams and all those uh, I don't know those things where you really think you're something uh, you come to realize that you really aren't so no when I first came here uh, I think like anything jobs are usually open for a reason Uh, jobs are not usually open when somebody's loaded and getting ready to buy for a state championship that guy pretty much wants to stay so those don't open very often things are usually in a rebuild mode or uh, somebody has had, you know, not very much success or he's just been given an opportunity to move up the ladder. So with new Albany job came open, it was coach Andrew. He had a, a losing season his last year, but he had two incredible seasons before that. And he had decided that he wanted to go into administration. So he wasn't bowing out because he had to or anything of that nature. He simply wanted to better himself and get into the administrative side of things. And so, Uh, The job became open, but we knew coming in that first year, we were in rebuild mode. And so uh, that's what we tried to do the first year. You're right. We had a losing season. Uh, No question about that. I can't remember if we won six or seven, but it wasn't very many. And then the second year, I believe we had a winning season, and we've had one ever since. So I've been blessed with a lot of talent. No question about that. Um, Been blessed with a lot of help, whether it's administratively or from assistant coaches. Just a lot of support. The fans have been absolutely top-notch everywhere we go. We have a great following, probably the best in the state in terms of uh, what we get season ticket-wise and what we get uh, in people following us on the road. And, of course, we have a better following when we're really, really good. But, dag on it, we have a really good following when we're middle of the road sometimes. So, very, very proud uh, to be a New Albany Bulldog and to have – such great people behind us but there's there's been a lot of people uh, behind the scenes doing a lot of work that will never get credit for any of the things that I've accomplished.
3: Jim Shannon we're celebrating 600 career wins for him he's in his 24th year at New Albany his 38th year overall as a head high school basketball coach in our state coach you touched on some of the things that you feel has made this New Albany opportunity so special and you know as you look around in some cases. High school attendance is declining, and that could maybe be true everywhere with COVID-19 and situations surrounding that. But New Albany still has season ticket holders, there's just a different vibe in the community when it comes to basketball that's missing, even in some of our other great Southern Indiana programs over the years. I'm curious, uh, you mentioned uh, you know, admin and support and season ticket holders, but what do you think separates New Albany and still makes it almost, some people have said this, that come to town to cover Romeo or other things, it's kind of got an old school feel to it when it comes to its high school basketball. Why, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think that our corporation has always done a great job of, uh, letting people do their jobs. Uh, I don't feel like there's any micromanaging that goes on in our school system. I feel like that from the superintendent all the way down, everybody is allowed and permitted to do their job. There's a lot of trust in people doing their jobs. And to me that, uh,
3: I think we lost uh, Jim Shannon. Let's see if we can get him back with us. So Jim Shannon with us, 600 wins. He got it when the Bulldogs uh, knocked off Scottsburg on Saturday night. Next up for New Albany, they've got some additional challenges coming. This week is going to be a good week for basketball locally as well. New Albany at Silver Creek on Friday night, and the Bulldogs will host Evansville Wright. So two good games uh, this weekend coming up, two challenges for New Albany, and I think we have Coach back with us. Coach, I'll let you pick up where you were.
1: Uh, sorry about that. Potential spam just <laughs> knocked us out. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was a doozy. Uh, where were we, Matt?
3: <laughs> uh, you were. T- we were talking about reasons that New Albany uh, continues yeah, to be a, a, a beacon of high school basketball.
1: Well, what I was saying was that I just feel like here, and I've been here for you know it's
3: my 24th
1: year, so I feel like I got a pretty good feel for the way things have always been run. But it seems like to me that no matter Who's in charge from the superintendent on down? Everybody's just permitted to do their job. There's a lot of trust. There's not a lot of micromanaging. Uh, everybody stays in their lane. Uh, obviously, when you're not doing something the way people feel like it, then your bosses have every right to you know, speak with you and let you know what you know what they think can be done to better your program. Or when they think you've messed up, they let you know. Uh, I'm not saying you're not held accountable for what you do and for your actions because you are. But what I'm saying is you're still permitted to do your job and nobody's going to tell you how to do it. Uh, You might get a suggestion here and there, but for the most part, I just feel really comfortable. Um, You know, I've been able to stay here this long and I believe that has a lot to do with it. I look at some other programs and it just seems like coaches are not really given a chance to do their job. Somebody's always sticking their nose into it want to tell somebody how to do it. And I just never felt that way here. Uh, even if, uh, if we had a struggling year or even if we got upset by somebody we should have beat, because that certainly happened. I still feel like I've always had the support of a tremendous administration. And I, I just feel like that everybody stays in their lane. And I think it's a wonderful way to run a corporation.
3: All right, Jim Shannon, our guest talking about his 600th career win, which came Saturday night coach. Uh, obviously a big mark for you. Did Saturday night feel any different, and was there any kind of uh, celebration or personal reflection after that ball game?
1: Well, you know, of course, I knew where my number was. You can't help but know. You know, many times when you ask a coach something like that, they'll say they have no clue or don't know where the numbers are, but most of the time I think we probably do. Now, does that mean that's number one? on our list. That's our priority. Of course not. Um, you know, I've always said we're, we're not standing around patting ourselves on the back for something we may have accomplished five years ago, or we're not looking back and saying, well, how many sectionals have you won? We're not doing any of that around here. What we're doing is saying, what have you done for me lately? And I, I ask myself that all the time. What have I done for these kids to get them ready to be the best that they can be? not look back and say, well, this is the way we did it when we had so-and-so, and this is the way we did it when we won 25 games. We don't do that. We're only interested in what we're doing today. How can we better these kids? How can we help them improve? How can we help the chemistry improve? How can we get these kids to the point where they're playing their best basketball, playing for each other, and getting ready to vie for a sectional championship? That is really our utmost concern. That is really all we care about. I think retirement and sitting in the swing set with your wife is for down the road.
3: <laughs> Jim Shannon, my guest here on this Monday edition of the program. Let's talk a little bit about this new Albany team Tough, tough schedule this year. New Albany six and five with the win Saturday over Scottsburg. Good week last week. New Albany won on the road Tuesday at southwestern Hanover, then won Saturday night uh, to get the big six hundred against Scottsburg at the doghouse. But this team, uh, the the last week has been good. You've had some big challenges. Some of those challenges you've you've been really close and competed. Others maybe not as much. But this team, as you go into mid season form and start to think ahead about conference races and post seasons. Uh, you guys have been battle tested.
1: Well, there's no question about that. And you know, we've had to battle quite a bit of adversity. Uh, you know, some of it's self inflicted, and some of it's out of our control. But no matter what happens, uh, I think you're, you you learn your best lessons through adversity. I think that uh, some of your losses and, and some of the things that happen uh, to you that are in a you know in a negative manner. I think that's the time that you really, really self-reflect and really have to dig down deep and really have to realize, hey, what can we control? And, you know, of course, what can we not control? And we have to know the difference between those two things or it'll cause you some insanity. So we try to do that around here. We try to do that with our kids. Uh, We try to help them become men, try to get them ready for the future. But we also really, really work hard on their skills to try to get them playing the best basketball. It seems like we are starting to do that now. Uh, of course, the schedule has lightened up a little bit. It's hard to gain any confidence and do those things when you're playing Carmel, uh, you know, Cathedral, uh, Zionsville. All these teams are in the top five. You're playing Floyd Central, who I think should be in the top 10. Uh, I don't know why they're not. I always, I've got to vote on that. and I'm always voting them in the top 10, if not the top five, they're shellacking everybody they play, uh, especially in our conference. So, I just feel like they should be there, so you know we're we're trying to get to a point where we know that if we're going to have a chance to win the sectional, we got to play as well as Floyd Central's playing because to me, they're the team to catch. I do believe also that Jeffersonville is going to catch fire before it's all said and done. Uh, they've got some tremendous talent, uh, but they've had a lot of adversity that they've had to get through and and I'm sure it's just going to take them a little time, but they'll be right there come late February and early March. but yeah Matt we're we're playing really well. Uh, We got a uh, a future Brooks who's joined our team, came to us from Louisville pretty late. You know, we got him in December, and he's now playing here in January. Uh, uh, Tommy Devine has been battling illness and was out pretty much all week, but he's rejoined us now today, so he's back. Uh, Certainly we were without Justin Carter, and that really hurt us, and he's back. And uh, we were without Jaden Thompson, and that really hurt us, and he's back. I mean, these are kids that we have to have. Uh, We were not thriving with a nine or 10, you know, player deep bench uh, early in the season because we've got so many younger kids who aren't quite ready. Um, So we have to get these guys that are ready, uh, we got to get them ready to go. And I feel like we've got everybody back now. Everybody's here today. And we're really so thankful that everybody's healthy now and that we can push forward.
3: All right, Jim Shannon of New Albany, an update on the Bulldogs, and most importantly, Coach, an opportunity to talk about win number 600, which is a a very elite milestone in our state. So once again, congratulations on that, Mark, and best of luck the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, I I tell you, I share you one quick thing that Todd Sturgeon sent me that I thought was really, really funny, and I really have a lot of respect for him. But he was congratulating me on on the 600 deal, and he said when he was with Coach Waltman uh, at – uh, uh, Indiana State, and uh, they're at uh, Indianapolis uh, University, uh, the Division two School, but anyway, he worked with him. He said, one time this has to do with old age, which I'm there. He said that when Coach Waltman got the Indiana State job, a reporter asked him if his age was any concern, and he responded. Being a coach is kind of like being a gunfighter. You don't get a chance to get old unless you're real good at it. <laughs> That's the closing quote. I thought it was one of the funniest things I ever heard, so I wanted to make sure I gave Todd his due on sending that to me. But thanks a lot, Matt. I appreciate you.
3: Absolutely. Jim Shannon of New Albany with us to start our program. 600 wins, 24 great seasons at New Albany and it uh, will be interesting to see. New Albany, I think, one of the teams to watch here at the midseason to see how they do the second half. Lots of big conference games still ahead, and, of course, that 4A sectional at Seymour. I've got to agree with Coach at Floyd Central the favorite based on everything that they've done so far in the regular season and not just the wins they have but the way that they are beating people. So the Highlanders, the Red Devils still unknown. They uh, had two good first half this weekend, but lots of unknown uh, overall with how this team's going to come back together off after all of the issues uh, that they have went through. Just an amazing string of things that Jeff has had to fight through to get back on the court altogether this year. So high school basketball, nothing like it here in southern Indiana. Lots of good weeks still ahead here in this season. And, again, uh, girls tournament will be, be here before you know it. The girls pairings coming up on Sunday. And, of course, uh, the girls uh, tournament gets started not long after that. And then the boys, uh, starting in early March, were uh, a month and a half from it. Crazy to think about. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join the program. We'll talk IU, Nebraska, and more. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Monday program. IU at Nebraska tonight, 6 o'clock tip-off. And if you've got questions, comments on the Hoosiers and tonight's game, 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450. And right now, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Stars, our guest, to help us get ready for uh, this uh, road game in Big Ten Conference play tonight. Zach, I said this earlier. You know, it's still early in the year, the middle of January, but with net rankings updated consistently and everyone always talking about NCAA tournament resumes If this IU team is going to get there in year one under Coach Woodson's leadership, they're going to have to win at least a handful, I think, of Big Ten games on the road. They've not yet won a true road game yet, and tonight might be the best opportunity so far to pick one up.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think winning tonight would do a lot for Indiana from an NCAA tournament perspective, and, you know, I think... (laughs) maybe there's a a broader conversation for us to have about whether or not it's it's healthy to just be thinking about, you know, the NCAA tournament conversation so perpetually as as we do in, in sort of modern college basketball. But, um, I I think that there's really maybe more just the physical, first of all, this would be a bad loss for Indiana Penn state. If you look at the net rankings, Ken Palm, actually not a terrible loss. Obviously you'd, you'd rather not lose it, but, It's not an awful loss. This would be just where Nebraska is right now. Um, How, you know, frankly, hapless Nebraska has looked in the last few weeks, uh, for a lot of the last few weeks. I know they've they've, they've run a couple teams close, but they've also had just a couple of really, really ugly uh, results since the turn of the year. Um, You have to find your way to winning this game, you know, just from a a quality perspective. But I think there's also something – broader, which is that we have seen this team, you know, really kind of give itself really good opportunities on the road twice now, if not three times, if you want to con- include Syracuse, and then kind of seize up when it mattered. You know, you think about the the, the overtime, the first overtime against Syracuse, and maybe even the end of regulation, obviously the second half against Wisconsin, the last 10 minutes or so against Iowa. This is a team that has put itself in those positions, you know, in the position to, to grab that win, and then, again, just almost kind of, kind of locked up, for lack of a better term. Um, tonight doesn't do much for you from, like, a net perspective, a quad one win perspective, but maybe there is some value in, in Indiana just seeing itself go on the road and win in the Big Ten and just be able to say, okay, you know, there's no monster in the closet. We can do this. And, and then from there you go to Northwestern. And then from there, I think it's, there's another relatively uh, Maryland. And then, yeah, if you could grab a couple of those along with this one, then all of a sudden we are talking about, you know, a team with some decent road wins, a team that could get to 500 or better in conference play while only going, let's say eight and two or nine and one at home. Um, not having to be perfect at home just to get to you know ten and ten or eleven and nine, and then you do make that road pretty easy for yourself, you know, come March, but they've got to do it and you know I think that maybe there are they are at a point where it's a little bit of a mental block to them that needs to be torn down.
3: All right, Zach, uh, this is a Nebraska team that Indiana defeated sixty eight fifty five December fourth it was the big ten opener for both games. Uh, Nebraska has struggled, but, If you read some comments from their coach, uh, it seems like that Trey McGowans is going to make a return in some form or fashion tonight against Indiana. He's uh, their best player and someone that they've been missing greatly here over the last few weeks. So take us through this Nebraska matchup tonight, assuming that uh, Trey McGowans is going to be available for, for some minutes.
4: I think that does add a layer um, and obviously, you know, it's also worth saying this is a Nebraska team that's already seen Indiana. Now, you know, I don't think Indiana, frankly, played very well that day uh, back in December in Bloomington. That you know, they started a, they started the game down 16 to six, I think, in the first 10 minutes. Um, but then they were plus 25 the rest of the way. And you know, it, it, you beat a team by 15 while maybe not feeling like it's your best performance. Obviously, I think you're you're allowed to kind of sort of feel like you go into this matchup tonight, even, even with McGowan's um, you know, just, just, you have the advantage. I do think the one thing with Nebraska is this team has struggled at times This Indiana team. I'm talking about now um, to really like to, to find a primary scorer and shut him down. Uh, Whether that's sort of a game plan type player, like a, uh, a Julian Champagny or a Johnny Davis, whether it's something as um, the game develops, um, you know, I mean, the, the Bayheim brothers, but, but, you know, just kind of even Joe Girard as that Syracuse game sort of wore on. You think obviously about Chris Murray just last week at Iowa. You do a good job on Keegan Murray, but you let his brother just go off. This team has struggled at times to just sort of end games adjust to clamping down on, on playmakers and, and on-ball scorers. And now, now you're now you coming up against the Nebraska team that, if they're playing well, has a couple of those, especially if, if Trey McGowan is back tonight. Obviously, his brother is, has the talent to be very good. Um, uh, Alonzo Verge, I don't have his numbers in front of me. My, I don't think he's quite the same scorer, but he can be very creative, either for himself or for others there are individual matchups in this game that I think are going to be a challenge for Indiana and that I think Indiana has got to be ready for. And is it Indiana has got to start finding a way to be better at managing in a broader sense. And if Trey McGowan is back for Nebraska tonight in any substantial capacity, I mean, you know, maybe he only plays 10, 12 minutes. I don't know, but if he's back in any substantial capacity, then that starts that does present you with another one of those sort of questions about, okay, you've got to, slow him down, you got to slow his brother down, you got to slow Virgen down. I'm not saying they can't do it, um, but I just think it's, you know, games like this need to be about winning, and then they also need to be about growing. And Indiana needs to do both tonight, and I think that's probably one of the areas where they need to grow.
3: You know, uh, Zach, thinking back to the first game between these two teams, Indiana's three-point shooting was good that game, and that was really a key uh, for the victory, I thought. Indiana's three-point shooting the last few games – has been going in the wrong direction. So I think especially on the road, that's one of the things I'll be watching for tonight to see how Indiana shoots it and can they get back to where they were a few weeks ago.
4: I think that's fair. Uh, You know, and and this is never going to be a a prolific three-point shooting team. I don't think we ever expected it to be. But when it's been at its best this year, you're right, it has been in part because it could knock down threes. You know, in fairness, that hasn't just been at home. I mean, they, they had... A big night behind the arc against um, against Syracuse. Um, they weren't necessarily prolific against Notre Dame, but they, they hit 8 of 20. They hit some big ones. You know, they, they hit some when they really needed them in that game and in both halves. But, you know, these last, I mean, what, the last maybe four games now, only once has Indiana shot better than 32% in a single game. And if, if you look at the, the overall numbers um, – you know, there's something like 22 of, I'm just doing the math while we talk here, but I think 22 of, of about 76, if I'm, if, my, if my math 78, if my quick math is is correct. And that's, you know, I mean, that's obviously pushing closer to, to 25% than it is to 40% or right maybe cutting right between them. They got to shoot it better. I think they've also just got to get better looks in some cases, or at least what I would say is maybe find ways to get the right guys better looks. And I don't have a problem if, if I'm Mike Woodson with Rob Finnessy or Xavier, John, Xavier Johnson taking an open three, even if, you know, that, that goes back to the conversations we were having earlier in the season about, you know, sometimes you need to take it, uh, even if you can't always make it because you need to remind the defense that, that you're going to shoot that shot. And then every once in a while, you're going to have a game like Rob Vesey had against Minnesota. It was Minnesota, right, where he hit four threes. Yep. And forgive me, I'm still on I'm still on family leave, so um, I'm watching all the games, but they, they are bleeding together a little bit for me. But um, every once in a while, you'll have a game like that where, you know, Xavier Johnson hits three threes, and, and then all of a sudden your game plan gets thrown out of whack, and he, he's able to beat you to the rim for a couple buckets, and, you know, he finishes with 13 points and six assists, and you lose by, you know, you lose by 12 or something like that. That said... I, they need to do a better job, in my opinion, in the same breath of finding better shots for the Parker Stewarts, the Miller Cops. You know, when he's on the floor, somebody like Anthony Leal, even somebody like Tamar Bates, again, another player that maybe the numbers aren't great there, but you feel like he just kind of needs to find a way to shoot shoot through it. Essentially, I think that that can be as much a key for them because when they make threes, you know, I mean, you think about that Minnesota game as an example. Um, and you think about Notre Dame, too. I think those are two similar sorts of games. They hit eight threes against Notre Dame, nine against Minnesota. It wasn't like they bombed either team out of the gym, but they made, they made them when they counted. They made them when they needed them. They made them when they, they, made them when they were open. Um, they made them when they were able to punish you know, the opponent for over-rotating or you know, over-helping, whatever it was. Um, that's what this team, I think, has got to be from a three-point shooting perspective, and they've certainly got to find ways to take that on the road with
3: them. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Zach, this has nothing to do with tonight's game and really even IU basketball specifically, but you brought it up, and I think it's a great point. You know, as a radio show, almost once a day, NCAA tournament resume or the net rankings, uh, ratings, or something comes up about this game's a, a really a needed win for IU for the tournament purpose. And that's consistent among anybody, any media, um, any program. Everyone is gauging themselves uh, these days from an NCAA tournament perspective. And the net ratings are now updated on a daily basis where they used to be just released. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think three, three or four times during the season, which was kind of a big deal to find out where your team was at but uh, you're right every day every moment every game home away big one not big one tough opponent easy opponent uh there's so much so early these days about building tournament resumes and is this win going to affect a team's ability to get in or not get in it 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 does seem that it's almost taking control of of even early season discussions
4: no i mean it it is kind of one of those things that is probably a feature of just Modern discourse, you know, you and I talk about it. And we talk about it on our podcast. where, you know, there's just there's such a demand for not just content, I guess, but conversation. If that makes any sense, you know, what I mean, and I'm listen, I'm as as guilty of it as anybody. I, you know, I, I think back, even not even just talking about IU basketball, but you know, like when the when the Braves started putting together their run at the end of the season and then into the playoffs, you know, all of a sudden my Braves. Podcast consumption went from basically zero to anything I could get my hands on. You know, I wanted to read every single Power Rankings piece. I wanted to read every single, you know, notes and columns piece from it.
3: And I think we may have lost uh, Zach. We'll try to reconnect with him here in just a second. To uh, Finish up this segment, but Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, with us. And obviously, a big one tonight on the road for IU. I do think what Zach said is very fair. Indiana getting a win tonight is good, obviously, on the road to break the ice, as Mike Woodson has said. But to put a couple road wins together over the next few weeks is really big for this team. Uh, and their NCAA tournament resume. Doug, any luck uh, reconnecting with Zach? Okay, we'll head to a commercial break, and we'll move on. Chad Gilbert going to join us in the next segment. We'll talk local sports, uh, high school basketball, Jim Shannon hitting number 600. I know Chad has some things on that as well. So uh, lots still coming your way. Stay with us. This Monday edition of our program continues. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Sorry we've had some technical problems with the phone line today, but we're back up and running. And I did want to fit in a good text to the Thornton's text line in our last segment with Zach Osterman. Uh, The texter says, Indiana seems to be losing games at the end because of poor leadership from the guards. A good text, a simple text, but a true text. And we'll see tonight uh, how Indiana's guards, specifically point guards, do. Uh, in this road game at Nebraska. Chad Gilbert is with me. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown High School and also an IHSA executive board member. And we talk local sports when he joins us on Monday. Chad, a wild weekend of high school basketball. Teams trying to stay playing with COVID-19 surging. And those that did return, like Jeffersonville, Uh, Some good moments, and then bad second half both nights for the Devils as they take two losses to a very good Floyd Central team uh, on Friday. Then Providence, who I think has got a great chance to make some noise in their respective class when we get to the postseason. The Pioneers got a signature win on Saturday night at Johnson Arena. So, Matt,
2: you know, when you go and watch the film as a coach, you got to know that you're never as, good as you are, as you think you are after a game, and you're never as bad as you are. If you're in Andrew Grant's shoes, you said good moments, and I'm going to say in his mind, there's not too many good moments after this weekend. I would think that he's uh, spitting nails, and he's got the guys in the gym right now uh, trying to reevaluate some things and trying to uh, make a stretch run here. You think about that not to offset or make excuses, The Devils have been off for 22 days. That is hard to, you know, it's hard to reel that back in, Matt. We've both been there. We know you can't. You cannot uh, produce that same type of intensity of a game as you do in practice. So being off there, it's just not the same. When other teams were new, I'll be has played four or five different games, where Providence has played four or five different games. Where, and Jeff's kind of on the sidelines. You kind of lose your edge. You kind of come with a little bit of dullness. So that's that's something to fall back on a little bit. But as the coach, you can guarantee Andrew Grant is not using that excuse. And he's going to do what he can to right the ship to get it ready. If you remember last year, the Red Devils were probably in the same boat uh, that they were now. However, Jalen Fairman's not walking through that door. They're going to have to realize what they're going to do with their team, get it together, and make a run for this uh, to the sectional. Do I think that's something that they will be able to do? Absolutely. I mean, winners win. Jeffersonville's a winning program. They're going to get their uh, those guys reeled in. The players will buy in. The coaches, staff will do what they need to do, and they'll be, they'll be ready and tested come sectional time. Matt, one other thing talking about this weekend, a big win for the Charlestown Pirates. Yes, we went to Perry. We went to Perry Central for a long road trip. Lost by one. One of those games you wish you could get back. Uh, kids fought through in Perry Central is a very, very difficult atmosphere. But for the Pirates to get a big homecoming win, congratulations to Matt Lynch. You know, Matt Lynch is everything everyone told me he would be. You know, he takes care of all the small stuff, the things you know. I'll deal with things from other programs that he takes care of on his own. Uh, excellent in that regard excellent working with his excellent work with the program we hope we can keep coach lynch up here for a long long time matt one thing i do want to do is circle back a little bit and talk about that jeff providence game one thing is uh i do want to give props to you and jeff crawford on the radio outstanding i almost had a bill walton feel to it with crawl daddy on the microphone
4: <laughs>
2: but you guys did an outstanding job and it was great you know i got to give John, John Thiebaud, my buddy, props. You know, his, his son Grant hit a big three straight on it, and, and I think John called bank from the sidelines as he hit it. So it was exciting <laughs> to see that. But, you, you know, I would have bet the house on that game because Jeffersonville all week, and again, I'm not making excuses for the Red Devils, but these are facts. Jeffersonville all week, you're preparing for Floyd Central. You turn around, and Providence is sitting on you. The whole team's there Friday night watching the Jeffersonville um uh, Floyd's intro game, so they're ready coming in. Where you just had a battle the night before, and you've got Providence waiting on you. That's a tough thing on the schedule. I'm sure that's something that they'll want to revamp moving forward. Now that uh, now that they know that Providence is waiting on them. Last thing, you know, I want to hit um, before we talk about something else is New Albany. You know, it looks like the Bulldogs are finding themselves. They've got kids stepping up, kids stepping up in different roles, new kids that we didn't count on this last year, and I think that's something that goes to coaching and goes to teams finding theirself. And I, and I could see Jefferson, they'll do that same thing moving forward.
3: Yeah. And, uh, I, I do want to add this about Jeff. I, I said some good moments and there were good moments in both of those games. I know it doesn't count if you don't win, especially when you cave in the second half, but I'm just telling you that Jeff, when they get it all put together, uh, when they get into some normal flow of things, not just a week of practice and then two games, They are going to be good. I mean, I don't know that they're going to beat Floyd Central at Seymour, uh, but I wouldn't want to play them at Seymour again if I'm Floyd Central or or any team that's going to play them here in the conference season as well. So I do think things will get much better. There's no way they can't. Andrew Grant does a great job. Uh, He's uh, taken some of the tough moments for this program, whether it's been – suspensions or COVID issues or his own illnesses where he's had to be away and tried to create reasons and ways and meanings for his team to move forward and and battle on. So I do think they'll be good. So Red Devil fans listening, uh, I would bet everything I have that this Jeff team will be very, very good competitive by the time Seymour gets here. And you mentioned New Albany, good win by the Bulldogs. We had Jim Shannon with us. It was so fun to catch up with him. We we uh talk to him so much over the years, the Romeo years, especially here on this show, but to see him reach a personal milestone of six hundred wins. I mean, Chad, you're the best guest that comes on this show on a regular basis to, to tell yeah, to tell people what that means in the coaching world, that type of success and that type of win total.
2: Well, you know, one thing, you know, back track back to bound Jeffersonville again, and this goes into Coach Shannon's segue. Coaching's a tough profession. You hit the nail on the head. You no, know, Coach, Coach Grant's is fighting COVID himself. He's fighting teams. His team's quarantine. He's fighting teams in and out. There's a lot of adversity that goes in with coaching. But that adversity is what makes playing sports so valuable to kids because that's what life's all about. Is going through adversity. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Whoever stays level, that's who wins the games. Much like life. Segway into that. You know, of coaching being a tough profession. Jim Shannon, 600 wins. Matt. Think about that. There's 20 regular season games. Now there's 22, which, you know, whatever. But that's 30 wins a year. or That's 20 wins a, we- a year for 30 seasons. Do that math. 20 wins a year for 30 seasons to get 600. What that says is, one, the longevity that he's done, the pes- perseverance he's went through, The and, you know, those are all part of a coach's identity. If anyone thinks those years coaching Romeo was easy, they're wrong. There's so many. You talked about COVID distractions. When you have a player of that magnitude, the amount of distractions, the amount of, you should be able to do this. You should be able to do that. You've got Romeo. That's not how it works. There's a lot of different things involved with coaching a player that Romeo that people don't don't understand. And it's not that Ro, it's not Romeo that's the issue. It's everything that a player of that magnitude brings with him, and that's not an easy job. You know, you think, well, get the ball to Romeo, and get out of the way, and and that. There, there's a lot to be said for that. However, you know everything that goes with it, the hype, the coaches come in, the calls, everything that Coach Shannon had to deal with, those are four hard, hard years to do with that one. You think about the youth leagues, the feeder system, the fundraising, the bus trips. I mean, that's stuff that goes on forever. During his tenure, Jeffersonville boys, nine coaches. Jeffersonville girls, six coaches, four since I've left. New Albany girls, seven, six or seven coaches. Floyd, I think, maybe five boys boys girls maybe five you have to have some consistency in your program you look at silver creek and since shannon's been there they've had two it shows you how hard coaching is it shows you the time a coach has to put in and it shows you you know the press the perseverance that always goes with it it's it's something that's a very hard job for anybody to do and i think as a coach to do that it has to be your identity You know, One thing I'll say about Coach Shannon, he's always been a class act to me. He's never had to be. Before I was the boys' coach, when I was the girls' coach, just when I was a middle school coach, he never had to be anything but nice. And He's always been nice to me and my family. Checks on my wife, checks on my kids. A class act, and congratulations to him on 600 wins.
3: Yeah, very special moment for him and really for New Albany as well. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, sorry for the short segment. Some technical problems with the phone, but glad to get to catch up. We'll do it again next week.
2: Man, I just got a text. Thanks for all you do for Southern Indiana sports.
3: Absolutely. texture says, plus, Chad, Coach Shannon had to always deal with the rumors of Romeo going to a prep school. That is true. That's a story for another day. That wraps up this Monday show. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.